Perfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. Today, we have someone... Oh, I feel like we say this all the time. We have someone super, super special. I've only met her a handful of times, but every time I meet, I feel like I've known her for years. Christine, do you want to take it away? This person is one of the most special people in my life. And it's surprising that we've only known each other for two years. Two years. Oh my God, you're not supposed to talk yet. I didn't intro you. (laughs) So (laughs) she's like my little sister, just like Regina. They're like my soul sisters. And I just was like, we need to tell your story, you know, because there's so much to this beautiful soul. And I feel like her story hasn't been able to be told yet. And we're really honored and privileged that you decided to join us today to share a little bit more about yourself. So we want to welcome Ashley! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That's how Ashley greets people. With that that exact sound. Yeah. Yes. She's like a burst of sunshine every single time. So you guys get a taste of it. You only catch me on my good days. (laughs) That means that, oh my God, every time you see me, it's a good day. Why do you think it's a good day? Oh, don't boost her ego like that. (laughs) You too, Regina. You too. No, we just want to jump into it because it's a big topic. Yeah. No. And then there's so much to say. Like I said before, I've gotten to know Ashley very well throughout these two years and I've seen her grow. You know, we've had many conversations between the two of us and I feel like there's so much to you that a lot of people don't know. It starts with the background of how you grew up mm-hmm. and the different experiences that you've encountered in your life who has shaped who you are now. We wanted to explore how we go through life wearing different masks to better blend in and fit in and be accepted. And all of this stems through our childhood experiences. Specifically today, we wanted to get into popularity and bullying and how those two very complex and uh, heart-wrenching situations can really impact the decisions that we make as an adult. So Ashley, how was your childhood like? Were you popular? Were you well-liked? Were you not well-liked? Oh gosh, this is not a story I get to tell very often. If Or I don't think I've ever told this story before. I think I've been asked this before and I'm always very reluctant to answer it because you can't really say like, I was totally popular because that just sounds like you're really full of yourself. But at the same time, I Oh gosh, this is going to sound so vain. I don't think that I was as average as I'd like to think that I was. <laughs> that sounds okay. so... Just, no, I, like, okay, so I'll say it for her. She was popular in high school, and I, I understand what you're saying, because that comes off now as like, oh my God. Look at me. Yeah, but then like, no. when we talk about when we grew up and I wasn't popular, but there were popular people in my school, so there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why we want to hear that side of the story, because we wanted to hear what it's like to be in the popular group, but it's not exactly what we may think, that the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. So you were well-liked. People knew who you were in high school. I think so. But I think getting that attention of people knowing who I was wasn't the best because that definitely came with 
girls who were catty and having to act like everything was okay. Because I think that was also part of me growing up. There was a lot of things in my life that wasn't okay. Well, my parents were like going through a divorce and everything. So I had to pretend like that part of my life was fine. So mm-hmm. everything that I'm also experiencing at school, I had to pretend was fine at home. Because I didn't want to bring that home with me either. So it was a lot of brushing everything off. So with the attention came like, you know, catty girls who would say a lot of things about me. And then attention from guys who I thought were friends but weren't genuine. And it was kind of like, I think you guys touched on this, but like the whole nice guy thing. It was a lot of nice guy backlash. Like I think I found few friends who were genuine. But there were definitely a lot of people that liked me for all the wrong reasons. And some people would think that, oh, well, I would love to have gotten that kind of attention for those reasons of like, oh, I think you're really pretty. But it kind of sucks when you start to feel like there's nothing more to you than just that. And people aren't willing to stick around long enough to find more than that. Mm -hmm. I see. Because like they just see you for what they think you are. Mm -hmm. And then all the things that obviously make up who you are inside they're just like nah it's cool it I, here i think we know who yeah. you are and that sucks i've never thought about it that way because i've always been on the other side where i've never thought i was pretty so i always looked at pretty people and it's like oh my god they must have it all mm-hmm. you know and i never stopped to think what type of person are you what do you like what don't you like are you a nice person are you not you know and i think back a lot of i don't want to stereotype it but a lot of popular people weren't that nice i didn't really know them so i remember just this very naive immature childlike mentality of growing up and just envying people but then you're not even thinking like do i even like this human being regina have you experienced that (laughs) so i was definitely like never part of the popular crowd i think i always looked to them being like oh they're so cool i'm like trying to think now why did i think they were so cool i think it was just like a large group of friends who would do everything together they were a boy girl group i think that it was just the fact that they would always post photos of them all hanging out together and they just seemed like such a cohesive group i think that's what i wanted more than anything else you know you watch tv shows like friends and there's just like a core group of friends that always hung out together and I never had that and I also don't want to sound boastful in any way oh my god just say it (laughs) but I was I was well liked but I think that with that also came with the fact that I really muted my own personality and my thoughts and opinions because I never wanted to cause drama. But I think I just had like little friends in every group for like my different interests. Yeah, yeah. Were either of you guys bullied? How were they mean to you? Were there like examples of stuff that they said or did they exclude you in things? Oh, gosh. I don't think I was popular in the sense that I was in the popular crowd. I guess like the version of the popular kids at my school, it wasn't that I was included with them. It was them trying to keep me out. Getting attention from the guys for all the wrong reasons and the girls in their group getting mad at me because I was getting that attention. Mm -hmm. So my first year in high school, that's when I made a friend with this guy. We hit it off really well, but he had a girlfriend and she got upset that we were getting really close. Like, understandably so. I think if I were her, I would have felt pretty uneasy about it too. So I told him that he needs to prioritize his relationship with his girlfriend But he basically said, like, you know what, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. She'll understand. And then she didn't. So her and all of her girlfriends got pissed off at me because it looked like I didn't care. They ended up breaking up because he had a crush on another girl. 
And that other girl wasn't me. It was my best friend. But because my best friend was an upperclassman, she couldn't necessarily go after her. So she went after me. Suddenly, their breakup was my fault, even though it really wasn't. And I remember this one time walking down the hallway where they all hung out. And it was a girl-guy group. And as I was walking by, one of the guys just yelled, slut. Oh, my God. And they all started laughing at me. And it really sucked. From that day on, I couldn't walk through that hallway. I know for a fact that I did nothing wrong. There's nothing that I could say to change it or to make it better or to have them understand where I was coming from. So I kind of just had to grin and bury it and just take it. So bullied in that sense. And then like the whole nice guy thing of you think you make a guy a friend and everything's going great and then they don't get what they want. And then suddenly he's telling everyone that I'm just a tease mm. and that I wasn't fair to him. And then you just have all these things being said about me. But for me, it just sucked that they were saying it and that there was nothing that I could say. So what went on in your head at the time? Did you feel misunderstood or did you feel angry? I definitely felt misunderstood. I for sure felt embarrassed. This is what sucks. Like talking about masks, I feel like everyone thought that because I looked a certain way and I held myself a certain way that, you know, my life must have been perfect. And because I kind of created that facade, I felt like I needed to keep it. Like I can't crack. I can't break. I can't get upset right now and I can't lash out. I can't cry even. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of have to grin and bear it. The silver lining with this is that deep down inside, I knew who I was and I know that I didn't do anything wrong. So kind of in a reverse way, it created some confidence, but I mean, that doesn't make it suck any less. Right. Do you think that confidence was real confidence or was it a wall you built up so that they couldn't get to you? I think it could be a bit of both. At the time, it was probably something that I told myself so that I wouldn't let it eat me alive. But I think as I got older and I really thought about it, you really start to try to delve in and dissect and understand what role you play in situations. And I think as I got older, I truly understand that there wasn't a whole lot of responsibility that I had in that. Like, I don't think it warranted me being called a slut in public mm -hmm. by any means. And I'm sure that like, if you felt like, oh, I'm going to stick up for myself, they're just going to find something else right. to say about you, right? Like you're just going to like provoke them and give them another th reason to be against you. See, this is where assumptions about other people definitely play into our current society now, where we assume so many different things about different groups of people, and we fill in our own blanks that suddenly this idea of them starts to become our reality. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate to say it, but I probably would have been jealous of you growing up, because I was introduced to Caddy Girls really early. Oh, no. And... I think in order to play the game, I became a mean girl myself. So I developed really mean type of behavior where girls, it's all about the psychological game. <laughs> <laughs> we don't physically hurt each other, but we like... Let me get you with my words. Yeah, we like emotionally scar each other. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> At the time, did you know what you were doing? Like you were methodically thinking through like, oh, this is how I'm going to crush them. Because <laughs> like I, I was thinking back to like my childhood and I feel like there are definitely times where I bullied people. But in one of the specific instances, I didn't really think of it as bullying until later when it came to bite me in the ass, basically. <laughs> what happened? How were you bullying someone? In middle school, I mean, you know, very similar story of just like everybody wanting to be accepted. We had a friend who would always have her hair tied up 
for some reason, we wanted to see what she would look like with her hair down. Wait, was that like a real curiosity or was that like a mean girl thing where it's just, ew, put your hair down? I mean, like, it was probably a mean girl thing. I mean, now that I look back at it, but at the time, we were just like, oh, haha, it's a game to like take her scrunchie. Was there any other reason why you didn't like this girl? No, not at all. Or is it just purely because she put her hair up? Yeah. See, isn't that crazy that the way they pick their victims yeah. is just like, she, she just tied up her hair every day. I really tried to like dissect like why we decided to do this but in middle school I feel like there are just a lot of things that just don't make sense no so what did you do to this poor girl with the scrunchie <laughs> yeah so I, we used to take her scrunchies to the point where she used to bring like extra <gasps> scrunchies to school oh, I like how Ash is like oh my god you monster I know <laughs> you took her scrunchies <laughs> and then I ended up going to college with her of course you would that's how karma works <laughs> I know, right? And so, I mean, I don't know if I've ever, like, mentioned this. I went to a religious college, and I wasn't Me religious. Too. Yeah, well, I wasn't religious, though. And so, like, I... Okay, okay, okay. Maybe we'll, we have more to talk about then. <laughs> I just I felt very alone and very like Mm. an outsider Yeah, and we ended up on the same floor and I mean we were always cordial with each other she I mean like I could tell that she like kind of harbored that but she would never really show it to me until freshman year we would have very similar friend groups and then whenever I would get introduced to someone while she's there I'll be like oh hi I'm Regina she'll be like oh yeah hi this is Regina she used to bully me in middle school Oh, (laughs) oh my god I already have such a hard time making friends that's your descriptor regina regina the bully i know (laughs) regina give her back her scrunchies (laughs) i should buy her a pack of scrunchies too late (laughs) but i just think that like it did come back and you know karma it it made me realize how much it affected her because in middle school i think we just all thought of it as a game but for her to actually call me out and be like no she bullied me i was like oh it stuck with her yeah it stuck with her which then stuck with me because then i was like oh my gosh how many other things did I do that I thought were for fun and games or for fun that really affected other people? Right. And I feel like that's how being kids or even high school teenagers, you just don't think about it that much. You don't really think about, like Ashley said, how your actions can stick with someone. Like it can be really mentally damaging, not just physically. Yeah. Like you could be the reason why someone has this huge insecurity about themselves and you didn't even know about it. Yeah, exactly. So I say that to my best friend all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you scarred me <laughs> I know I, I mentioned Rainbow before and Rainbow said she listened to the podcast I mentioned her and she got really embarrassed <gasps> but um, I'm gonna mention her again she is my best friend and she, I love her you know <laughs> but I hated her and, and I'll mention oh, her <laughs> did you bully her in- okay so she bullied me first okay and then I just retaliated it was so stupid thinking back you basically became friends with people who were in your class yeah that's just what it is proximity yeah so it's not even if we get along so well you're there yeah Yeah. so raymond and i were in the same class from kindergarten to fourth grade and then fifth grade we weren't (laughs) and then she became close with isabel and then i was like what the heck is jezebel oh my gosh that's when the war began you know so like yeah yeah. you called it a war i'm like mentally preparing myself now it was a war because it was like a group of girls it would just be stuff like we purposely exclude somebody and then during recess we just stand there and just laugh and giggle and point you know those type of things and then (laughs) i threw i threw (laughs) she's like laughing while she's telling the story are you (laughs) it's so stupid like you write a note but you're not gonna give it to her so you have your other friend give oh, it to her and then God. she opens it and it's just like you're stupid <laughs> I hate your hair you know and you're just like why 
we used to in elementary school, everyone would put their lunch boxes in the same like cafeteria area. Oh, that's asking for it. And then I threw away her lunch box. <gasps> yeah, I knew it was hers and I threw it away. And to this day, she's like, oh yeah, that was like a really expensive special lunch box. Did that, you like, her a new one? No. Oh no, oh, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> As an adult, I did. I said, I know this doesn't replace it, but you know, and I made her a cake. But... <laughs> She like pretended to be me and checked out library books and then like threw away the library books. It's just, it got to like <laughs> that oh point. Yeah. My How do you even think of something yeah. like that? Oh my god. I gosh. know. We were, I don't know. What Watch too much TV. <laughs> I think during that time when either you're bullying or being bullied, this is not an excuse, but there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you don't know that's going on. Right, that it's grounded in. Or it's like where it might stem from, mm-hmm. you know, like that anger that's being built up at home it comes out in some way so I think for me at the time growing up a really big thing for me was I tried really hard to be accepted to be liked Mm -hmm. and in all different parts of my life which is family friends you know school at church and in every group that I could be accepted in and I realized really early on that if I put on different masks kind of carved my personality to meld better into this group then I would try to do that. When it came to school, it was a bunch of mean girls. Then at home, I developed this thing that I wasn't good enough. And then at church, it was a bunch of boys. And it was like, it was something wrong with being a girl. They never wanted to play with me. They wouldn't include me in video games. They'd be like, no, you suck. Well, you had cooties. No, we were a little bit older than that. Oh, (laughs) they have no excuse. They would call me a dog just because they thought it was funny. And to feel excluded like that, I think what it told me was that you have to be more boy-like with them, Hmm. you know? Hmm. So you can't cry. You can't be emotional. You have to be good at video games. You have to prove your worth. And then at school, it was like, okay, you have to be mean in order to be accepted or else you're going to get hurt. So early on, I just felt I was lacking. Even stuff that I, now looking at it as an adult, actually was pretty good at. I always thought that I was dumb. I'll fully admit that math just is not my strength. Math is stupid. Math is so stupid. I hate math. (laughs) You're not the problem. It's math. I know, right? Math always wears a scrunchie. It's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I could never get into math honors and everybody in Arcadia, Regina, you know this, right? Everybody in Arcadia gets into every honors in AP class. And no matter how hard I try since middle school to high school, I could never get into math honors. But the one subject that I got into first try was English honors. And I still remember when the list was posted of the people who made it. There was this guy that I knew since kindergarten. He's known me for years. And then he looks at the list. There's a bunch of people looking at it. And then he just says out loud, he's like, oh, my God, Christine Chen got in. She's so dumb, though. Why would she make this? This list isn't legit. And then you punched him in the throat, right? (laughs) So I grew up just feeling like even the subject that I... Like you excelled at. Yeah. I was like, no, it's a fluke. Mm. There was a lot of things. That's what I mean, like behind the scenes. A lot of my motivations of being angry, rebelling, or treating other people unjustly. I'm not excusing my behavior, but it was coming from a place that I just didn't feel enough. So that energy got put into throwing people's lunches away, you know? (laughs) Do you guys experience similar things? Like looking back now... Yeah, definitely. I think I was pretty mean in elementary and middle school because at the time my parents were going through a pretty bad divorce. So all the anger and confusion that I had towards that was kind of channeled into the way I treated my classmates. Mm. So if you talk to people about me in elementary school, like I 
was known for being pretty mean. What do you mean specifically by that? Like, I wouldn't go out of my way to call someone stupid. But if you were talking to me and you said the wrong thing, I wouldn't let anything slide. I definitely use, like, sarcasm as a defense mechanism. I hung out with guys mostly because I grew up with a brother. So I think with guys, it was common to kind of dog on each other. So, like, they would talk trash to you and you would just give it right back. Like, I was one of those girls. Mm. But sometimes I gave back too much. And then to the girls that caught me on an off day, I think I was abnormally mean to them. Would it be they had to instigate you to be mean or you just naturally like... I I just naturally would just kind of lash out if I wasn't feeling it that day. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anyone else's fault. It was me. But at that time, I couldn't really see that. What were you telling yourself during your parents' divorce? They got divorced when I was very young mom and dad if you're listening to this i'm very sorry um i don't think that i ever really knew what it was like to have that whole put together family of this is what a family should be i just knew the family that i had i had no control knowing you now um hi mr matsunami and (laughs) (laughs) dad you're definitely listening (laughs) hi dad hi ashley's mom (laughs) she's like the nicest person ever Do you feel like because of that, you had to grow up faster? Definitely. And I think, uh, I'll be transparent, uh, my dad and I fought a lot when I was growing up. So I was forced to kind of think about like who's right, who's wrong. I was bouncing back and forth between my parents' houses, had no control in my life. Did you feel like you had to take care of everyone? Yeah, I feel like I had to take care of everyone because at the time, my brother didn't handle it very well. I, I mean, I don't think there's a good way to handle divorce well he was older too he was yeah my brother's older than me and i think it affected him more because i think he had more memories of that whole put together family so he had more to lose so Mm. and of course being me i put on a face of i'm okay with everything and everything is fine so it was making sure that my brother was okay that my mom and dad were okay that they weren't fighting or anything I got to a point in high school where I just got really tired and I couldn't do it anymore and I couldn't act like I was okay with everything anymore. So I think that's when my dad will attest to this, like my rebellious years of I went from a yes kid and like I think the way I saw it was that if I pleased my parents, then they'll have no reason to fight. I just need to like get straight A's. I need to do well in tennis and it'll all be fine. And then well, with Asian parents, you know, nothing is ever enough. So probably midway through high school, I realized that nothing that I could do would be enough. So I have to be enough for myself. Mm. And at that time, it was, well, stop acting like everything is okay. Stop saying yes to everything if I don't like it. I mean, that also opened a whole new door for, well, no, mom and dad, I know what's right. But really, at 14, what do you know? So at that same time, a lot of the drama with the girls at school was going on. So I think it hit me at a point in my life where pretending things were okay, like at the same time, being sure of myself and how I feel and what I want and staying grounded in that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a good transition into this upcoming question, which is how we believe our childhood experiences of everything that we described of bullying and popularity and status has now transitioned into insecurities as an adult. 
And looking back now, it's like, oh, you can trace back mm-hmm. what this monster of an insecurity or defense mechanism has grown into and where it came from. I think for the longest time, I steered clear of making friends with girls just because I was convinced that all girls were catty and they weren't going to be very understanding and stuff. And we just didn't click. And it wasn't until I think college where I met a few girlfriends who they felt like this is what it's supposed to feel like and like having sisters and stuff. So they kind of opened my eyes to the possibility that, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. And then later in life, I met you and, you know, like my roommate now and you guys are amazing. Shout out to Jen Chan. Hey. (laughs) I started to realize that girls are like that when they're younger, but they, for the most part, grow out of it. And I shouldn't hold all the girls that I meet in the future up to those standards of this is what happened to me in the past and this is what every girl that I meet in the future is going to have to pay for. But it's kind of the opposite with guys (laughs) because I think the older you get, the less likely you are to meet a guy that is genuinely just interested in being your friend. Yeah, Mm. Like they all have agendas. Mm -hmm. So I think... I went from being a girl with all guy friends to a girl now with all girlfriends because I just don't trust guys. And then that's understandable because you've built up a wall to protect yourself. And now it's time to take down those walls and to recognize where those walls came from so you could take it down brick by brick and then realize that it's not you. Mm-hmm. So Ashley and I have worked together before in the past and now we've become like sisters. I've really gotten to know you as a complete human being, I feel. Mm-hmm. I know there's so much more to you, but I... Like, we're almost 10 years apart. Do you know that? I don't feel that. I know. I know. <laughs> You're I know. so young. <laughs> I've said this with Regina. I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment or a t- <laughs> <laughs> I always say that with Christine. We always, like, meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's because, and this is why you and Regina are very similar. Like, you guys are more mature than your actual age. But I think it's because you guys, in your different ways, had to grow up faster. Mm-hmm. Like, Regina, I think it's because she being the only child and you're, you still hang out with a lot of your parents friends so you speak like an adult i know it's actually really weird like when i go home like my parents friends will be like oh my god we all really want to see regina they like they come and talk to me oh my god you're so popular i know right (laughs) no and then also working at the youtube company everybody was at least seven years older than me and i had started hanging out with them when i was like 17 so i feel like that also played a really big role into like why i grew up so quickly oh my gosh i did not realize you were that young yeah that's (laughs) crazy yeah i know so because of that i feel there's so much actually that you shoulder on and i feel like you put on a brave face a lot i often hear you say it's okay i won't dwell on it i'm just gonna let it go Mm. i'm gonna find the positive in it which i think is an Mm -hmm. excellent way Mm -hmm. to look at life to try to find the silver lining but i also feel that you force yourself to be okay with situations that you're not and My question to both of you is, what are those things that now as an adult looking at your life that you still battle with? I think one of the biggest insecurities that I have right now is my appearance, ironically, especially given the line of work that I'm in now. I unintentionally kind of became a personality. It was never really the goal. It kind of just happened to me. It did. And experiencing what I did back in high school with getting all of this attention gave me unwanted attention. Part of me is just really afraid that that's going to happen again. 
I've gotten a handful of hate comments. For you, it's not necessarily the fans, but it's people in real life. I was definitely worried about how people in real life, like that I knew beforehand, were going Mm -hmm. to take it and like, oh, look at her. She's trying so hard now. And especially your journey of how you ended up at the YouTube company that Mm -hmm. you're working at now. So there are people that we've known before. Yeah, but they have no idea. It kind of just looks like it happened overnight. And, And it's easy for people to kind of link together like, well, see, Ashley is mm-hmm. really pretty. pretty. People just get everything in life. Yeah. So they just assume that you just got it easy. Like mm-hmm. it's so picture perfect. Right. And I think I worry about that on viewers. As a viewer, they don't really know the journey as much. How has that altered your behavior or what you filter out into the world? As much as I can shy away from my appearance, like talking about it, I do. I Definitely on our content that we put out for the things that I do say, I try to at least sound intelligent so that hopefully people can see there's more to me than just, oh my gosh, I love your makeup, which is a great compliment. Don't get me wrong. I like the makeup of your soul. Ooh. <gasps> you are you one of the most intelligent people that I know. Uh, that's, that's real talk. Oh my God. Yeah. But I think I'm um, just worrying about how back in high school, I wasn't able to explain myself and defend myself. Now there's millions of people that I'll never, for sure, never get to explain myself to. So mm. that goes with the masks that you mentioned that I have to craft this mask of, okay, well, there's more to me than just my mask exterior that you see. Well, let me build myself so that I sound smart without trying too hard to sound smart or I should have to be like funny or have a personality. Not saying that I don't, but having to like force it. You upplay that part and you downplay other parts. Yeah. 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 I mean, I felt the same way. There's just so many things that you think about that you wouldn't know if you weren't put in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can be taken the wrong way. So it makes you You doubt everything. You second guess yourself and what I'm saying, how I'm presenting myself, what I'm wearing. Yeah. Yeah. People that you've never met before Mm -hmm. already have an idea of who they think you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like by putting yourself online, everybody just feels entitled to have an opinion about you and to tell you their opinion Mm -hmm. whether you asked for it or not like I 100% agree with you on that whole like facade of just being okay with everything honestly up until I met Christine I was just always like that okay person oh my gosh me too yeah like I can do that like oh that's totally fine even when I knew that it would overwhelm me Mm -hmm. well that's because you as a kid didn't want to create drama you were told not to like so just be neutral exactly be neutral be okay with everything even if you think it's too much like just take it on and figure it out later kind of mentality so then I had that one side of me and then of course I had this other side of me with just tons of insecurities I was never good at school my friends all got straight A's like I literally have a best friend who watches tv while studying and she still graduated at the top of her medical school class that's my like that's the type of person she was and so oh my god take her scrunchie (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like I just had this like huge chip on my shoulder about academics I never thought that I was as pretty as my friends so I feel like all of these things combined developed my sarcastic personality (laughs) which is amazing by the way (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you Um, so I feel like that looking back to like middle school and high school even just like my best friends there were definitely pretty snarky things that I used to say at them because I felt like they were prettier and they were smarter and they were more liked by boys that was all I cared about in high school middle school yeah Mm -hmm. there's so many different phases of our lives where I've thought that oh I've changed I've 
matured. This is kind of a new version of me, or I've grown up in this way. And that may or may not be true, but I really feel like a lot of times when we say that we've changed, it's just really saying that we found a different mask to put on, or we've outgrown the old one. There are a lot of times where you don't want to admit these things because you're like, no, what do you mean? <laughs> That's totally me, you know? <laughs> but then we're all doing it. And then we're all interacting with each other wearing those masks. So it's a very inauthentic type of relationship. I'm not saying that taking off your mask is something they could do overnight. I mean, yeah. we all yeah. still wear a certain form of it. But I think one of the first steps is being aware that you're wearing it. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not aware that they're putting up that front. Yeah. They yeah. think that's genuinely them. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then that's where people get so defensive mm-hmm. about things. And they're like, what do you mean? And no one's trying to challenge that. It's actually just on a journey to set yourself free. And understand it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's for me, it got so tiring. Like this upkeeping. It's just exhausting because it's like you have to try 10 times harder to be someone that you're not versus when you're naturally you, it just comes out naturally. You don't have to think about it. The only thing that's preventing that from happening is your fear of what somebody else may think of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to kind of be vulnerable, I feel like that's kind of one, one step that I'm trying to take. Yeah. To wrap it all up, what do you think that you've learned now looking back as an adult? For me, a lot of it was just like confidence, being confident in yourself. I think I was always so afraid of speaking up, speaking my mind, telling people what I really thought because I thought that they would like me less for it. And when I started meeting Christine and she, I'm sure Ashley, you know this as well, where she'll just start drilling you with questions. But how does it really make you feel? And then you realize you had further depths to your soul than you realized. Yeah, exactly. And the rabbit hole is very deep. Exactly. (laughs) So I think that a lot of it was just like finding my own voice. I think growing up, I always tried to be like everyone else instead of like trying to be myself. I think that I've learned to appreciate my flaws more and not look at them as flaws, but things that make me unique. I thought that by moving to New York, I could be a brand new person. I could be whoever I wanted to be, you know, who I imagined myself to be. And I think that moving here made me realize, like, actually, a lot of the same habits that I had before, a lot of the same insecurities that I had before, they're all still there. But I have to look at that very clearly and be like, all right, if this is something that I want, and this is something I want to work on or improve on, I really need to focus on it. I can't just say it. I have to actually do and be confident in my ability to do so. I can see how you were before, how you described your childhood of not really voicing your opinion and shying away from drama. That was a mask that you put on. But now as an adult, I see that you've taken that part of you and adjusted it to be more of a positive thing because Mm -hmm. now you're able to stop and hear both sides. So it's not like you don't put yourself in the drama or you don't state your opinion. You've grown in that aspect where now you will speak your mind, but then you've brought in the other side of you to be calm and give everyone a chance to speak their piece. That's an example of how growing up, what you perceive as your weakness really isn't a weakness. It's just something that you haven't developed that muscle yet to make it into a strength. If you dig in deeper, you're like, oh, I developed that as a defense mechanism. Is that really you? Is it not you? If it is you, then how do you adjust that to what is true to you as you're growing older? How about you, Ashley? I think, and this is kind of a double-edged sword where I'm trying till this day to kind of figure out the balance of it. One of my things that I carried with me when I was younger is the idea of being misunderstood. 
I feel like not a lot of people knew what was going on with me or they didn't care enough to to know my side of the story. That's my biggest fear is making someone else feel like they're not understood. Because if I don't like feeling that way, what gives me the right to make someone else feel like that? Today, I try to go above and beyond to understand where someone else is coming from and why they feel that way too. But the double-edged sword part of it is trying to figure out, well, when is too much empathy too much? And when do I need to stick up for myself? And where does my voice come into play with these two opposite sides? Like, I can listen to you so much, but when do I feel like I have a right or it's okay for me to say something too. It's like being a champion for yourself, learning to root for yourself. Right. Because I think that's a defense mechanism where because people perceive that I have this perfect life going on, that nothing troubles me, that I do try to upplay my faults and like, no, I fail at this or I said this stupid thing the other day just because I feel like it makes you kind of humanizes me. Yeah. But then I get so used to looking for my weaknesses and my failures to ironically boast about that I can't find the good things anymore. Mm. Also, I downplay who I am as a person and I think that, well, you know, if I can do it, then how hard can it be? Then anyone can do it. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. then really, how talented am I? Yeah. Oh my god. That's something that's so relatable. I think that's why it's like I wanted to have this conversation with the three of us because our backgrounds are very similar. Mm. Feeling like (laughs) anyone can do this. There's nothing that special. Yeah. And it's because you told yourself that, right? For example, for me, it was like, well, I'm not smart because that one guy said, oh my God, even Christine Chan got into this. So I carry that with me. And I always feel like I have to prove myself and go above and beyond. And I can't make a mistake. That fear of making a mistake, it has plagued me from doing a lot of things and starting a lot of things. Yeah. Because then once I fail, it's not only how critical I am of myself, but it's like, oh, what are other people going to say? You're not just failing yourself. You're failing what everyone else thinks about you. You're you're almost confirming it for them, right? And then so that's stuff that I think is very, very eye-opening for someone like you because I don't think people know that from the outside that that's what Mm -hmm. you are feeling in the inside. That's why I think you're such a great person for this topic and someone who represents a lot of people out there, which is the power of your story, where I think you're kind of in this stage of figuring it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right? I I think we all are. (laughs) Me and Regina still are in many different ways. But I think because you're in your Mm mid-20s, that that's such a relatable thing. And because I've been through this too, it's easy to dismiss yourself because you're like, I don't have the answers. Why would I I talk in a podcast, you know? Or (laughs) why would I share my stories? But that's the power of you going through what you're going through and not having the answers and figuring out and voicing it because there's so many other people who are going through the exact same thing. I realized as an adult, all I wanted was to be accepted and I don't want to apologize for it, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Because you know, the first person that I'm apologizing to is myself. Oh, I'm so sorry. It sucks to be me because you're not talented. You're not smart. You're not enough. I sought acceptance from others because I just didn't accept myself. Like I said, the first step is being aware of the things that you're telling yourself in your head. And that's when you can start distinguishing what is you and what is the catty girl's voice, mm-hmm. like your mm. dad's voice, my mom's voice, Regina's, Regina's scrunchy stealing voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mean Regina voice, you know. So oh, meanie Regini. Meanie Regini. Oh, no. <laughs> Hashtag meanie Regini. I'm already saved as Regini Weenie. I know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
Meanie Regini Weenie. Oh my God, there it is. You're a mean girl, Christine. Stop touching Meanie Regini Weenie. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really, really proud of how both of you have grown, even in just the time frame that I've known you guys. It's like you guys challenge yourself to dig in deeper because I know you guys have so much to offer in the world and it is just getting to the place where like Regina said that you're confident in who you are exactly as you are and finding power in your story and that is how you're going to change the world oh thank you I know I feel like I'm going to start crying but I mean I am sure Ashley and I both feel the same way where it's like you helped us with that because you know you're a couple years ahead you have that better mental state you have a better idea of like what it felt like to be us and you gave us a lot of that confidence i know for a fact that i'd be a completely different person i think that a lot of that is attributed to you i think regina's totally right like i think until i met you i didn't really actually i don't think i really thought that i was right until i met you (laughs) i thought i thought things but, you know, like, I'm cool just going with the flow. Yeah. But I didn't really realize what was true to me and what I stand for, what I feel strongly about until, you know, it took you asking questions and getting it out of us. You know, it's really important to surround yourself with people like that, with people that will challenge you and question you and also are not afraid to call you out when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And just to be openly honest and real and raw. But I think in order to find that, you have to be willing to put that out there yeah yeah, yeah exactly oh, very well said you guys <laughs> she's like programmed <laughs> us to say these oh things oh my god <laughs> you know what it is it's hashtag staying woke oh god oh gosh <laughs> she's like did i do that right did Christine, i do that your right? age wasn't showing until now i'm not like oh, the no. other moms i'm a cool mom i'm a cool mom <laughs> <laughs> So Ashley, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I've learned another deeper level of you. It was really interesting to hear how each of us viewed popularity and how each of us was a mean girl at one point. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ashley, for opening up. Not only have you helped me, I'm sure you've helped Regina, but Mm -hmm. there's so many people who are going to be listening that it's really going to reveal a lot about themselves hearing your story. Definitely. So I hope you channel that in your confidence, knowing that who you are really inspires other people. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, for giving me a platform to tell this story. I'm glad I got to share this side of myself. So thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. So Ashley, where can our listeners find you? Basically just on Instagram. We'll make sure to put it in the description box below. So if you've enjoyed this episode or feel like you have a friend in need of hearing this message, please pass it along. You know, we just want to continue to spread the knowledge and continue to spread the real stories that we have to tell. And we love seeing your guys' reviews and comments and emails. So be sure to review on iTunes and you can always email us at theperfectlyimperfectpodcast at gmail.com. So that does it for us at Perfectly Imperfect this week. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. I love you both so much. Yes.